money's been the superstar. It's been the center of attention. It's how do we grow your portfolio? How do we increase your net worth? How do we get you in the right investments, which are all obviously very important considerations, but we like to reframe it to more of no money as important as it is, is just a role player. And you're the superstar, Matt, you're the, the center of attention. What does Matt actually want? What is it that you are looking to create in terms of successful outcome for retirement or legacy or what you're able to do on a daily basis with the freedom that you have? This is Bridging the Gap with your host, Matt Reiner. James Canole from the other side of the country. How are you doing, my friend? Welcome to Bridging the Gap. Thank you, Matt. I'm excited to be here. Doing great. That's awesome. Well, you're in, uh, I, they, I think it's the, the San Diego area. They say it's greater San Diego. I mean, the sunny San Diego, it's probably not as cold as it is here in Atlanta. We're, we're recording this in the wintertime, but you're, you're probably enjoying some sunshine, I assume, huh? Yeah, we're always enjoying it. I, I honestly forget the concept of bad weather. And you know, I'll do my <laughs> fall meetings or spring meetings with clients, and they're in Maine or they're in Montana or they're in wherever they might be. And it's a nice reminder of how good we have it sometimes here in San Diego. And I see that it's not always always like this in all parts of the country. It's not always sunny in Philadelphia, right? No, it's um, not. That's what they say. You know, I, I remember that from, I, I went to school in Arizona and it was like, it was kind of like Groundhog's Day. It was like, every day is a beautiful day. And you're like, yeah. well, this is, I mean, I mean, I, someone's got to live this lifestyle, so I might as well do it. But now yes. back in Georgia and we don't have that all the time, but <laughs> But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not meteorologists or weather experts, uh, even though we like to think we are. But I'm stoked to really have this conversation, man. I I, I think what you have done um, with Root Financial Partners and, and the firm you founded is super interesting. You all have a different and unique approach to financial planning. That's what we're trying to do is bring in different minds and expose the listeners to new ways of thinking, new ways of pushing forward. And I think that y'all have done a great job. So I'm really excited to talk about that and talk about helping clients find their why and fulfillment and, and what the future of the industry holds. So I'm really appreciative of you taking the time to, to join us here on, on Bridging the Gap. Before we dive into kind of the, the meat of the content, I like to get to know our guests. And I always like to start with just a simple question. You know, you're a founder of a wealth management firm today. I, I'm always curious, though, you know, what did the the 13 year old James Canole want to be? Yeah, <laughs> I I wanted uh, what was 13? I guess that was. Well, I'll tell you what the 12 year old James wanted to be, okay. which was a second baseman for the San Diego Padres. I think by 13 was when I had already been cut from the freshman baseball team in high school, and so at that point, I think I was on to maybe more realistic aspirations. But I think at the time, it was like an architect, something like that. I liked building and the the problem solving. So somewhere around 12, 13, there was a shift in what I thought was was realistic and some rude awakening to the real world. A, a quick shift from professional baseball player to architect. But uh, I think that all of, you know, a lot of us dreamt to be professional baseball players and then reality <laughs> set in. Uh, I was right there with you. But, you yeah. know, the architect is interesting because you know, architectural you know mindsets are creative mindsets. They they view things differently, right? There is a there's a much you know it's a different side of the brain that's worked there, and I think it shows in what you've built in in root, right? You've taken a different perspective, a creative perspective of how to, to deliver wealth management. So so tell us that the story and the journey from you know that twelve year old thirteen year old James Canole to the I'm not going to say your age to the founder of Root Financial James Canole tell us that journey of how you got there yeah so uh, thirteen year old James 
had his hopes and dreams of being a baseball player crushed and said, okay, maybe architecture. It was never like, a, I'm going to be an architect. It's just, what do I like doing? And I like problem solving. I like critical thinking and I love math and numbers and that, that stuff. But in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to be. Even in college, really had no idea what I wanted to be. But I was probably leaning towards finance just because I thought that if you're good with numbers and problem solving, that's just a natural career path trajectory for you to pursue. So started exploring the financial thing. I did a bunch of internships, or I was considering a bunch of internships, everything from banking to corporate finance to personal finance to whatever it might be, to being an analyst. And, and you think, okay, I just want to do finance. Well, finance is so stinking broad. It's like, there's not one specific thing you can do with finance. But I remember doing an internship with uh, an independent financial advisor that, that was nearby where I actually grew up here in San Diego. And as soon as I started the internship, it was pretty clear to me at that point that this is something that's really special, being able to not just crunch numbers for the sake of crunching numbers or dialing in spreadsheets, but being able to do it for a bigger purpose, which is helping someone achieve financial independence, helping someone send kids to college, helping people buy their home, helping people just wrap their mind around what their money can do for them. So at that point, that really got me thinking, okay, this is probably what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that was during an internship in college. Also helped to connect from just some money things I even remember as a kid of, okay, this money is something that is very much integrated with the rest of your life and everything else you have going on. It's not just a separate entity that you think about when you log into your bank account or balance a checkbook or whatever you used to do back then. So at that point, I don't know what it was, maybe 21, I realized this is probably what I want to do for the rest of my life. Started out of college, out of business school with the company that I'd interned for during college. Was there for six-ish years or so, and that was the start. So but yeah, back six, year, six years ago or so, I had been with that company for six years, left that company, started Root in the fall of 2017. And now here we are six years later. I love that, man. I, I think that, you know, you went on that journey of kind of just figuring out where you, your purpose was and you identified that. Now, you know, it's interesting because, you know, it seems that what took you into the business was this concept of helping people with their money and helping them save and reach goals. Yet when you started to build Root, you actually aren't leading with what got you into the business. You're more leading with a little bit more of the soft skills of, of identifying their why, their purpose, their meaning. Tell me about how that transition and focus of how you deliver advice changed when you went from working for someone to working for yourself and why you wanted to approach it that way. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably two main factors that contribute to that. One is just growing up. My family had very little to no money. So my dad was a pastor until I was about eight years old. My mom stayed home and raised uh, four children. So just not a lot of money. And it wasn't the fact that there's no money. It's just even as a kid, you could start to realize there's a lot of stress that goes along with this. There's a lot of just things feeling out of control, parents feeling like just stressed out of their minds always. And so I think that introduced me even without realizing it fully as a kid to the fact that money is more than just money and can create for more peaceful, confident circumstances, even within a household, or it can lead to a lot of chaos and uncertainty and stress. So there's that side. I will say that the the first boss I had at my first firm was just insanely relational. And I just learned a ton by being able to sit in meetings, see how he interacted with people, and just got to absorb that for the first few years of my 
exposure to this industry. I don't think I'm naturally that way. I'm naturally more of the analytical, let's just get down to business. Let's just hammer this thing out and give you a plan. But what I learned in that first position was there you need that human connection. Without that human, it's, it's the whole Dr. Seuss quote. If people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so how do you mm. really learn to develop that trust and connection and empathy that maybe younger me would have thought kind of a waste of time. Let's just move on to the nuts and bolts of this thing. But now realizing that's the the foundation of everything that we do. Yeah, I think that, and I think it's super interesting. And I know that Morgan Housel talks about it in his book in the sense that what happens between the ages of really kind of 13 to 21 shapes who you are in your, in your relationship in many aspects, but mainly with money is how he was alluding to it. And that, that's kind of what shaped you and, and shaped this foundation for Root that you, you started. Now, you know, I, I want to dive into it because I love how, you, I, first off, y'all's website is incredible. If any advisor needs to go look about how to make a more modern, engaging website, go check out Roots because it's a really great website. And, and on there, you have the process. And the process doesn't start with analyzing money. It, it starts with kind of identifying their why and their purpose. I, I want to dive into that a little bit and understand how does that process go? Because I, I think that there's this challenge with with advisors making that because prospects come to an advisor, if you think about the driver of it, the driver of it tends to be, hey, I have money issues. I'm going to go see a financial advisor because they're money people. And so when I sit down with them, we should be having money conversations. Yet when they sit down with Root, they're having soft conversations. They're going through understanding what their purpose and why is. Talk to me about how y'all y'all do that and and how you ensure that there's a there's less friction in what the expectations are of the clients when they come to talk to you first. And then I want to dive into the process that y'all go through to help people understand their why because I don't think anybody really truly understands it. Yeah. Yeah, and most people don't. And even I think myself included, we can all get wrapped up in distractions and noise and forget our why and forget some of the things we're actually doing. So I think that the the core of our process or the foundation of it is reframing what money is. I think in the past in this industry, it's kind of been like the money's been the superstar. It's been the center of attention. It's how do we grow your portfolio? How do we increase your net worth? How do we get you in the right investments, which are all obviously very important considerations, but we like to reframe it to more of no money as important as it is, is just a role player. And you're the superstar, Matt, you're the, the center of attention. What does Matt actually want? What is it that you are looking to create in terms of successful outcome for retirement or legacy or what you're able to do on a daily basis with the freedom that you have? So it's really not like a, we don't have to get super, super deep into your why and let us uncover everything in your deepest, darkest experiences with money from a kid. It's It's even just reframing it in that way. But I think also a lot of the prospects that are coming to us, they've resonated with that messaging through our mm. our digital marketing stuff. So a lot of that is maybe we're just attracting the type of people that are looking for more of the advice that's focused on them as a person and how they can use money for what's actually most important as opposed to someone that's just going to tell them what stocks or bonds or mutual funds to own. Yeah, I think I think that y'all own what you are, who you are, and that attracts the people that want to be a part of that, which makes that kind of frictionless transition of what they're looking for, what they're going to get easier. And now, now, what is that process? And I know you say you don't go through kind of their deepest, darkest secrets and how they were as a kid, but what I took away reviewing the website and, and learning more about y'all's firm is that there are some tools and, and strategies that you use 
because I assume that people don't come in and you say, well, what's your why or what's your values? And they're like, boom, 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 boom. Like, yeah. this is it. They, they, it's more surface level and usually materialistic just because of the world that we're in. So how do you walk a client through that process to help them truly understand what their why is without going all the way down into their deepest, darkest secrets and fears and worries and concerns? Yeah, part, part of it is meeting them where they they are. Like even, okay, what are your goals? Well, I want to retire and live on 10000 per month and be able to retire at 65. Like it can get pretty, I don't want to say basic because those are super important things. But one of the tools that we have, we we partnered with a retirement uh, retirement coach and she had developed these kind of purpose finder worksheet of, hey, when you retire, who are you on a Monday morning? What are you going to be doing? What are the things that you want to be or rediscover about yourself. And even just a simple exercise of having the right questions to ask or knowing how to direct your energy. Because what, what what's so difficult is from a young age, it's you go to high school and get good grades so that you can go to college and get good grades so that you can get a good entry-level job so that you can get promoted so that you can buy a home so that you... And then finally you retire and it's like, so that what? Well, it's kind of blank slate. And that's the scariest part is there's no... I shouldn't say there's no, there's less external pressure of what you should be doing next as much as it truly is like a rediscovery phase for a lot of people. And we're not life coaches or I'm not even going to pretend to say like, hey, we somehow are the Tony Robbins of financial planning where we're just going to deliver you to this new thing. But we are helping to ask the right questions. And sometimes it's just the questions that stimulate the right types of, uh, I, I guess, thoughts and and where our attention and energy goes in terms of that planning. So it's just even opening that door just a crack into Matt, what mm. is it that you want to do? What Because as an advisor, we're helping you to align your money in a way that supports that. And if, if we're aligning your money in a way that you think you should be spending it just because you think that everyone retires and then travels the world and plays a ton of golf, that might like look successful on the output of what we think your goals are. But if your actual goals are nothing like that, and it's more, I don't know, you want to reconnect with children and grandchildren because you haven't been able to see them as much because you've been working so many hours or you want to reconnect with that 13 year old you that want to be an architect and want to study something or you want to reconnect whatever it is how do we just almost serve as that backstop or or the person someone helps to keep you in check in terms of how are you spending your money or what do we need to be spending on to make retirement the best season of your life not just something that you do and have plenty of money, but feel incredibly aimless and unfulfilled because you don't really know what you want to become. So it's even just a, it, just little questions allow us to then pursue that as opposed to just the mechanical, robotic, cookie cutter, here's your investments, go have fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a believer of it. That's why this is super interesting to me and like why I want to continue to dive down into this because I, I think that y'all have nailed it in the sense of the approach and what matters, right? And, and, it, and it's understanding, helping your clients understand, you know, why do you want to play golf every day? Like why, what is, what is it that it drives? What is it that it creates in you? What is the feeling, the happiness so that we can help to provide? Because we know in reality that may not be able to be happening every single day. Just your body may not be able to do that. And so I think that getting to that point is good. And a lot of people say they do that, but then we all just like human nature, just revert back to kind of what's easy and normal, which is just reviewing investments and reviewing the portfolio. And so I'm curious on, from the beginning of the relationship, y'all really get deep into understanding what their why is and helping to understand what retirement means. I love that question of like, 
what does Monday morning look like for you in retirement? That, that's a great question. It makes you really think. But then I'm curious on like, what does that relationship look like after you get to that point, right? So you've got the client, they signed up. It's like two years later. Is there a way that can be built in that y'all have found successful or maybe that you hope to get to, maybe you're not there yet, of being able to continue to have the conversation be about that purpose, that North Star, as opposed to the investments, right? Let mm-hmm. let the investments do what they do, but let's keep having these conversations. And how do you, is there a way to keep those fresh and valuable to the client? Or is it just something that you do at the beginning and then it's uh, investments are always tied back to that going mm-hmm. forward? What is, how have y'all seen success or, or that you dream of it being successful as you continue to build root? Yeah, I'll talk to more about how I dream about it being successful because there's a lot that we want to do with that. And I think, I don't know if I would say the industry is going this way, but the way that we're going is, is how do we address that? If it's one thing to go through your purpose finder workbook and say, this is what I want to do, but it's another thing to actually do it because it's difficult and it's hard. I I think that so some I'm just none of these are in specific order, but the things I have a vision of doing is how do we have kind of like a retirement life coach either on staff or doing regular webinars or doing regular client events that we can work with? How do we have like a so often I think some clients just need inspiration from others. So, hey, I'm I retired, I have so much money, but what do I do? I'm bored. Well, how do we create this community? And that ties into even our YouTube channels or podcasts of there's enough people that are are similar minded in terms of the values of what they want to be able to do. How do we bring those people together? Of hey, this person's doing amazing things with the types of trips and the travel that they're taking. They have such unique perspectives that they can share with others. Or this person's doing amazing things with medical missions. And and, and if there's other people that want to join into it, it, kind of creates this ecosystem of people that can join in on that. Or hey, this person found that they simple things, sleep better, eat better, this better. It's really about, to me, this, the sign of a good financial plan is a life well lived. I don't care how much money you have. If you aren't living well, the financial plan's kind of, I don't want to say irrelevant, but maybe underwhelming. What did it really truly support if life wasn't all that it could have been? So how do we help people live better, which I know goes so far outside of the realm of what traditional financial planning has been, and that's why I think a lot of this, we're just experimenting and trying different things and getting feedback from clients and people who listen to the podcast and YouTube channel of how can we continue to build this into something where, yeah, we're going to do a really good job with your investments and your tax planning and your estate planning and all that stuff. But if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you're not pursuing what means most to you, all of that really doesn't matter to the extent that it, that you think it does. And I, I see this all the time with some clients of, it's so much easier for the person that's got more than enough money to say, hey, James, let's run one more tax analysis. Let's run one more retirement projection. Let's run, let's update the plan. What if I work one more year so I get my next big bonus and next big stock vesting? And I'll sometimes have to say to them, I'll say, hey, look, like we can do that. But sometimes this becomes a form of procrastination because what you're really saying is you don't want to deal with the bigger questions of that, who am I? when I'm no longer an attorney or a doctor or a boss or whatever the case might be. And so even just having that trusted position in our client's life to be able to bring that back up, Matt, we can run one more projection, but I can tell you right now, you're going to be fine. What my bigger concern is, is how do we make sure that you're not just financially okay, but you're going to be totally fulfilled during retirement? Let's start focusing on that. So it's just a redirect even sometimes is the biggest value. 
I, I love that. And I love the concept that you bring up about community. That's something that we've been thinking through a lot as well is, is you know, you've got such a big base of clients that they all have experiences that if they bring it together, they can make them each other better. And you can make your own like, you know, Reddit channel or TripAdvisor channel that's giving and rating different trips and has different itineraries. There's so much opportunity there. I think that that's a really great, great concept. And, you know, the other idea that you're talking about is like the advisor or the client that's always looking to run another financial plan or whatever and delaying it. It's like, there ultimately is an opportunity cost, right? It's just, it's called a utilization value in the sense of, yeah, you, you know, you could, if you wait to retire for three more years, you will have more money because you'll save more, right? That makes more sense. But there's a utilization situation. Like with that more money, the three years that you work wasting, or that you're working, that you waste from retirement, you could be doing a lot more with and experiential and have experiential dividends and everything of that nature. Whereas is it worth having that extra couple thousand dollars a month or a couple hundred dollars a month? when you're 90 years old, right? So I think right. that that's such a really good concept that you you allude to there. I, I'm, I'm curious on, on one side of this, and then I want to dive into two other avenues. I want to dive into building trust. It's something that I've been really exploring and talking with advisors about as well. And then I, I want to dive into the future of the industry. But before we do, I'm curious on how, how do clients perceive this value? Or, or how do you help them see the value of what you're doing beyond just the investment portfolio. Have you been able to identify or find a way to transition their focus away from how the portfolio performance is doing and more into the intangible value that you're providing of helping them live a good life, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. and uh, a life well-lived? Have you been able to find that? Or, or what are some of the challenges that you've seen with getting to that point to allow for them to see the value beyond the performance. Because I think that human nature is just say, they see their portfolio go down, that becomes a center focal point, even though we've talked about time and time again, your Y is X, and they're like, well, my portfolio is down. And that's how they're judging the value of what y'all are doing day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that a big part of it is probably just a, it, if someone's coming to us looking just for performance, that's all they care about. It doesn't matter how long the pitch I give them on what they should be concerned about more is living well. For the most part, they're still probably just concerned with portfolio performance. It's that you know, a man convinced against his will is still the same opinion. Like it's not, it's it's not trying to change the minds of people that are coming to us. It's more how do we attract the type of people where this message resonates with them. So it's less convincing. It's less let me twist your arm. It's it's just hey, this is who we are. This is our mission. And if this is what resonates with you and your current advisors not talking about this, or maybe you've been doing this on your own, or maybe your current advisor is talking about this, but they're maybe not as skilled. Because I, I don't think we can just say, hey, performance doesn't matter. Investments don't matter. Those, those things are hugely important, but only in the context of understanding what they're designed to do for you. So I think that if you attract the right type of person, then you don't have to worry about how do you convince them that what you're doing is valuable. They're already convinced. They're self-selecting mm -hmm. to say, this is the type of firm that I want to work with. And it makes the work a lot easier. Yeah, I, I think that that's a it's a really fair statement. It goes back to your point about digital marketing, right? You attract the right people in; they understand it. If they they are attracted to you, they understand what the value of what you're providing is. I, I want to transition to this concept of of an, of how enhancing relationships and deepening relationships with clients, and y'all are going deeper than most because you're going into kind of their why. I, I'm curious from your perspective what you have seen to be really 
a key driver to building trust. Now, why I ask this question is this is something that I've talked with a lot of advisors about. I've done, I've written a lot about is that I think that advisors think that they earn trust from clients in one way and clients perceive how they trust advisors in a different way. And I talk about it with like the four C's with consistency, competence, et cetera, of delivering and driving trust. I'm curious of what you have found to be a a key driver to build and enhance relationships mainly focused around trust. Like what is what do you believe that y'all are doing inside of Root that is so key to building the trust with clients? Is it that you're consistently you're talking to them every week that you're that what you're talking to them about that they understand what it is that you do so deeply because you're able to communicate that really well. What what drives the the deep trust that your clients have with with y'all inside of your firm. I hate to keep going back to this, but I think it's what we're doing before they even become clients. Of there's really nothing that we hide. We'll do videos. Here's exactly how we do tax planning. Here's exactly how we'd approach a financial plan. Here's exactly like it's just you know why why does everyone I don't know trust that Michael Kitsis is the best planner in the world? Well, because he just puts it all out there. Like you don't need to trust him. It's proven through what he's published through what he's he's done so it's kind of the the same concept of it's we're not trying to convince you to trust us as much as here's exactly what we do here's our our processes on our website our fees on our website we have videos of who who would be a good fit to work with us who wouldn't be a good fit here so we've made it so abundantly clear of what you're going to get across the board what the value is when you should, when you shouldn't hire us, how we try, all those things. So by the time someone gets to us, they're saying, wow, you've already answered all the questions I had and even answered some questions I didn't know I have. If I'm going to trust anyone, it's going to be this firm that's just putting everything out there. Um, and then on top of that, it's not just, okay, I saw a video, I listened to a podcast, I read a blog, whatever. It's here's our process. Here's exactly what you can expect from us. It shows that there's been thought put into the actual experience that you're going to have. It's not just, hey, Matt, I listened to some podcasts and um, you seem really smart, but I have no idea what you're actually going to do for me. It's no, we we have our Sequoia system is what we call it, where here's what your first meeting is. Here's what your second meeting is. Here's what your third meeting is. And then trust is just simply delivering upon those expectations that we help to set for them. And if we can do that consistently across the board, then there's a high degree of trust coming in to Root as a new client. And that trust just continues to be built as we deliver upon the promises that we're making during that onboarding phase. You know, as I as I hear you talk, I think that there's something that's really valuable and twofold is the consistency, right? Like having the same answer isn't a bad thing. Having the same answer is, is shows a consistency of, of, of focus of what you and your firm are doing. And I think that that's something that many firms can learn from. But the second thing that I think a lot of firms can learn from, and, and um, you know, maybe this can lead into a question, is y'all are transparent. You're very transparent on your podcast, on your website. This is the process you're going to go through. Any advisor, if you want to go, you can go see the exact process that Root goes through. You can go look on their website. They're very transparent. It's all out there, the process that they go through. And you can go replicate it if you want. And But the challenge is, is that you have to follow through with it consistently. And I think that that's what you're, main, you're, you're saying is that clients understand and there's this connection, consistent connection between what's being, what's being uh, marketed to what is being delivered. And so many times we always market what we want to do, but then when they come in, we do what we just do. And there is no, there's a, there's a lack of, there's a, there's a gap 
in that tie. And so I think that there is something to be said both about the transition there, but I, I think that there's something huge to be about transparency. And I'm just curious from your standpoint, you know, I think that firms sometimes keep things close to the chest, right? I think that they mm-hmm. keep like their process close to the chest and, and y'all haven't done that. Do you believe that we as an industry need to be more transparent? Do you have you learned have you been able to find other advisors in a community like XY, which I think does a phenomenal job of it, of openness and, and transparency like you all are providing? And do y'all ever fear the what many advisors tended to fear 10 years ago of well, if I put all this stuff out there, someone's gonna do it and take all my clients? Mm-hmm. No, I don't fear that. Because it's it's the same thing with anything of Advisors are busy. They got their own stuff going on. Most of them, as as you can see, it's our industry is so painfully behind when it comes to marketing, especially digital marketing and how we do things. That whether it's for compliance reasons or inertia, or hey, I'm going to be retiring in a couple of years. Why would I start this? Just you know, by the time it gets up and running, I'm going to be out of business. I don't know what the reason is, but I would be fearful if like hey, if if something came out of hey, here's a new thing that's happening, and everyone was on it the next day. Sure, then you're maybe losing a competitive edge, but just that doesn't seem to be the reality. Should people be more transparent? Yeah, probably. To me, I'm totally honest. We're transparent for selfish reasons, which is mm. if I'm talking to a prospect, I like I don't want to waste my time or their time of, oh, you thought we were an hourly firm. Well, that's I'm sorry we just wasted 30 minutes of each other's time. No, that's not how we do things. Or, oh, you thought that we worked with this type of client. No, I'm sorry. We it just let's be respectful of our time and prospects time really that just came from he has all these prospects are coming in it's a wonderful thing but how we start to see okay they're expecting this but we're doing this how can we be more clear on the front end about exactly what we do how we charge all those things which is good for them and good for us so yeah people should be more transparent but also even just not for purely altruistic reasons it's it's a net benefit to everyone involved, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. And you mentioned something there of saying our industry's behind from like a digital marketing standpoint and, and everything of that nature, which then leads me to kind of my, my final group of questions is, what do you see as the the future of our industry, right? Where Where is our industry going? You've been a part of it for a good bit of time. You and your team are leading the charge, I think, in the way that you approach the planning process. You all are unique in leading that way. Over the let's call it 10 years, right? 10 years. Where do you see this industry going? Or do you see it just staying the same, which is a very fair answer, right? Hey, there's no inertia. There's no urgency. So it's just going to stay the same. But where do you see this industry in your mind going over the next 10 years? I have no idea. Um, I won't claim to be like a futurist. And I always say there's thought leaders and there's thought repeaters. Like I could repeat thoughts I've heard other people say, but none of it is my own original stuff. I'm more concerned about can we always be delivering better and better services for our clients, which to me, what that means is can we expand the services offered? Does that mean becoming more like a full one-stop shop for everything from investments to tax, not just tax planning, but even tax prep to estate stuff to your insurance needs, whatever that means. Like I think we'd like to move more in that direction of not having to be one of many professionals, but to the extent that we can be exceptional at all of it, how can we continue to add on services without diluting anything that we're doing? And to us also, how do we continue to go beyond finances? I think that's been a huge benefit to our clients. And one of the main reasons a lot of people reach out to us is, is that 
not not that we're holding ourselves out, like I said before, to be life coaches, but just the fact that we're talking about it, that we view money differently, that we view money as a tool, not as the star of the show. And I think there's a lot of how do we just help people live better? And as I mentioned before, that I think that's client events, whether they're webinars or community type things or bringing in just incredible people from other industries to say, how can we know, how can we leverage you use examples I used before, what this person knows about better sleeping, time management, healthier eating, relationship, like whatever it is, I'm just throwing stuff out there. But like, how do we bring that to you so that when we're designing these financial strategies, it's designed to help you live a more fulfilling life. And so to me, it's expanding the financial side of what we do to try to be an all-in-one shop for the actual nuts and bolts of things that have to happen, but also going beyond money in a way that helps people live better, not just get wealthier. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I know that you're not a, a futurist necessarily, but I, I would, I want to ask you this one last futuristic question of what's in the world today and where y'all are going, you know, of what all the developments that are there, either from tools and technology to processes, et cetera. What are you most excited about in regards to whether it's what your team can use to become efficient and deliver kind of more services or, you know, the value that you'll be able to provide to your clients because of the advancements of X, Y, and Z. What what are you what are you most excited about right now with regards to your firm, your the industry, whatever it may be? What I'm most it's probably gonna be a letdown to what maybe you are alluding to, but it has nothing to do with technology and everything to do with the, with people. I remember when I first started Root, I wasn't really expecting to start the company. Things didn't work out in my last firm, so it was kind of like an abrupt ending and an abrupt start of the company. And I, I was asking myself, do I want to do this solo and be kind of the hyper-efficient, hyper-profitable solo practitioner and go that route? Or do I want to build a team and go that route? And I I took a whole day, went down to a, a beach campsite here nearby us and just journaled pros and cons. Who do I want to be in the future? What do I like? What do I dislike? And I walked away from that saying, yeah, I, I, I think before I was thinking, I just want to do this by myself. I don't know if I'm a great manager. I don't want to have to you know, have to worry about what other people are doing. I just want to be able to control this. But I remember walking away from that saying, no, I actually think that I would enjoy the team aspect more. And I can say like uh, full confidence right now and a hundred percent sincerely, the most exciting thing to me right now is the team that we have and the type of people that I get to work with on a daily basis to deliver these solutions. Uh, there's so much great technology and hopefully that just continues to accelerate. But at the end of the day, it still is a very relationship-based business. And to me, our number one goal right now is we have great prospects coming in, which is amazing. It's more of a, what's our human capital strategy? What's What are we doing on the personal side to be able to attract the right person? Just the smartest, the most driven, the most compassionate, the most enjoyable, the most fun people to be part of this team. Because if you can not just only attract great prospective clients, but also now attract the best talent in the industry by creating career paths, by compensating well, by providing kind of a mission-driven business, by allowing people to have direct impact on the clients that they're serving. That's really exciting. And I think that we're, we're starting to be able to do that. And the team that we have is just so talented in terms of like just people running with initiatives that I couldn't in a million years dream of being able to do. And, and, and that true synergistic type approach of what's being built is so exciting. Um, yeah, there's cool tools and technology involved with it, but it's more than that. It's just a great group of people that I, I thoroughly enjoy 
working with. I'm excited for the future of what we can all do. I love that answer. And I wasn't actually looking for technology. I think that that's a really good answer. I think technology would have been the easy answer. That was actually a very kind of thoughtful and uh, deep answer. Well, James, this has been a a really fun conversation. I I wanted to bring light to a different way of doing business within the RIA space. And you you helped to do that here in this conversation. So I'm super appreciative for you uh, doing that and being vulnerable and transparent on that. But before I let you go, I have to ask my two questions that I ask all guests before I leave, because, you know, the first one is I'm a constant learner. I'm a thirst for curiosity. I like to learn from people that are a lot smarter than me. And one way I like to do that is read. And so I'm always curious of kind of what is one of those books out there that you think everybody should read if they haven't, or if they have read it, what was that book that they should reread uh, in your mind? Yeah, my, my, at least in this context, favorite book is called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. The the premise of the book is how do we live more intentionally? And you start by kind of going through an exercise of imagine you're at your funeral. You've had a long, healthy life. You're you're 95 years old. You're at your funeral. Who's getting up to talk about you and what do you hope they'd say? And and by the way, this 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 is this is God. This is your spouse. This is your kids. This is your teammates. This is your friends. This is your neighbors, like whoever, just what would you hope that they would say about you? And so, okay, you write out what you would hope they'd say about you. And then working backwards to say, okay, wh- what do you need to start doing today to make these people say something like that about you? It's, it's like it in a nutshell. So how do you envision the future that you've had a life well lived and you're looking back on it? What do people say? Now, how do I live into that? What are the things I can do with my spouse, with my daughter, with my team, with my friends? And, and then it, you break it down into like daily or weekly things. And it's it goes back to our process here of, yeah, the money plays a role, but only in the context of what are we going for? What are we trying to create here? How are we living an intentional life, which our financial plan, again, I don't believe you can have a good financial plan without a corresponding life plan of how you want to be living in a manner that is fulfilling and enjoyable to you. So living forward has been a, very impactful book that's helped me with that. I love that. I love that. Uh, it's kind of like it goes to that idea of write your obituary, then live it, live up to make sure that that comes to reality. I think that that's a, yeah. that's a really powerful thought process for anybody to stay present and stay focused on what what they want to do. The final question I like to ask is, you know, we talked about a, a lot of stuff here, and I, I always like to leave our listeners with something actionable they can take away. And so I'm curious from the conversation that we had, or maybe something that we didn't touch on, but What's one thing that's actionable that you think or you hope our listeners take away that they can either implement today or tomorrow and better themselves, better their firm, better their client experience, whatever it may be? What, what's that one actionable piece of advice that you you want to give to to our listeners today? Just so much depends upon what are they tr- whether it's a marketing thing, a process thing, a business thing. I, the, the most effective thing, one of the most effective things I alluded to was just understanding what I wanted to become or what I wanted the business to become. So going back to that exercise I did before starting of, do I want to grow a team? Do I want to do the solo? Just understanding the end goal, the North Star, so to speak, then drives all the actions you want to take. So I think that so much of so many of us advisors, even just people in general, we just get caught up in the day-to-day of what am I doing? Well, I'm doing this because I, it's just always been done this way. Or I'm doing this because I listened to a podcast and they said I should do it. Or I'm doing this because the other advisor has talked. Well, what are, you, what are you trying to build? And this could be a business. This could be a life. This could be anything. And just starting with that, oftentimes life and business isn't that complicated. 
it's difficult, but it's not that complicated. So taking some time aside and understanding what is it that I'm trying to build, which I know is again, a generic, maybe non-answer, but just setting aside some time to say what direction am I headed in and are the actions I'm taking aligning with that? Hey, it's a great, given the time of year, I think that's a great uh, piece of advice for anybody and everybody. So I think that that's spot on, man. I think that that's really good. James Canole, man, I am super appreciative of you spending time here with us. And I know that there's going to be other people that want to follow you, learn from you, maybe even become a client of yours. As an advisor, becoming a client of yours, that'd be interesting. But anyhow, they may still <laughs> want to be a client. What's the best way for them to continue to stay in touch with you and follow you and, and continue to learn from your journey? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, James Canole. YouTube, the channel name is also James Canole, C-O-N-O-L-E. I think the handle is, it's root F-P. So those are the two places that I, I need to get more active. I'd like to be more active on in the future, but that's the best place to find me other than the website, which is rootfinancialpartners.com. Love it, man. Thank you so much. I'm super appreciative of you spending some time with us here on Bridging the Gap. It was an awesome conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Bridging the Gap. Don't forget to give us a rating and let us know what you think. 